Hi, this is Tucker Johnson. I'm actually coming to you with an intro to this session today. We had John Tinsley and Mihai Vlad talking about Language Weaver. It's an excellent episode. However, there are some sections of the live cast where the audio got cut out. And for that, I do apologize. If you missed something important because of this, then please reach out to us. Reach out to John. Reach out to Mihai. They will be very happy to answer your questions, or you can reach out to us here at Nimsy Insights. Uh, we can talk about Language Weaver. We can talk about any of the other platforms out there. One last note is that we will be talking about the tool called Language Weaver today. I, I want to make clear that this is not an endorsement from Nimsy. This is not sponsored content or anything. This is more of a public service announcement. There's a tool out there that's going to help people solve their problems, and we want to make sure that you know about it. If you have a, a similar story or a similar tool that you think the NIMSI audience needs to know about, please let us know. Yes. Reach out to us. And with that, I will let you go and enjoy the rest of the recording. Hello and welcome to an episode of NIMSI Live. As usual, these are pop-up episodes that we do. There's no set time or place for these. So if you want to be notified when we do these uh, podcasts, livecasts, whatever they are, make sure to subscribe to Nimsy Insights on all channels. And if you miss it, if you're watching this uh, not live, if you're watching one of the recordings, either on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, what have you, then make sure to leave a comment down there below. Make sure to subscribe so that you're notified next time. Today we have two guests, which means I had to completely reconfigure everything to, to fit two people on screen here. But we have Mihai Vlad and Dr. John Tinsley from RWS, and we are going to be talking about Language Weaver. If you're not aware of what Language Weaver is, this is the live cast for you. But really quick, a note about NIMSI Insights. We are a market research and consulting uh, analyst agency specialized in globalization, helping companies go global. We do a lot of work in the language services industry, uh, a lot of background in localization, translation, internationalization, all of the things that it takes your global brand to succeed in the global marketplace. How many times can I say global? I don't know. But enough from me. I want to get to our guests here. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming on with us and talking about Language Waiver. Um, John, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, first, uh, thanks for having us. And yeah. I'm delighted that I'm in the middle here now because when you're both on screen, I get to like look left and right so that I can look as if I'm speaking with you. Um, but anyway, yeah, so my name is John Tinsley. Um, I'm based in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I'm the former uh, CEO of Iconic Translation Machines, um, which is a machine translation software provider that was acquired by RWS um, actually this day last year. That's the one-year anniversary of that acquisition. Um, and now I'm the VP of AI Product and Marketing at RWS, and more specifically, uh, Language Weaver, which I'm excited to to tell you and everybody a little bit more about over the next half an hour or so. Half an hour for however long it takes, however long it takes. Thanks. The good, good to meet you, John, and truly good to meet you. This is the first time we've actually ever met face-to-face, -face, as we were just talking about five minutes ago. Uh, likewise with you, Mihai. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, uh, sir. Great to be here. Yeah. And wh what do you do at RWS? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What, do you, what are you working on? Um, what's your title? Very good. So yeah, so I've been um, I've been with 
AWS for say if we if we bring DSDL history four years four years and a half uh, and I was in charge of building or rebuilding language river ultimately. Um, do you know that SDL acquired um, language river probably I don't know ten years ago. And we had to migrate the technology from the old statistical machine translation to neural machine translation, and obviously migrating customers and bringing all the innovation. Um, and what we're announcing right now is uh, revamp or, or bringing back the brand that so many people love. And ultimately, my role here is the MD of uh, of the group. An MD meaning managing director, not medical doctor. Yeah, <laughs> as, as we were filling out titles, he said, "I'll just put MD." I was like, "You're a doctor." <laughs> hey, hey, hey I've got doctor. I've got a mole for you to look at if that's the case. So after this, stay on the line. <laughs> well, you kind of got into it a little bit with uh, uh, the history. That's that's the first thing I wanted to talk about because what we're talking about today is Language Weaver. What is Language Weaver? Um, and let, maybe this is a good put what language weaver is today is it is the the new uh, machine translation brand of RWS okay. um, but I think why uh, it is the brand of uh, machine translation for RWS is, is the interesting uh, story to tell here so like I said, so historically, there wasn't any proprietary machine translation at, um, at RWS. So an Iconic was acquired, um, like I said, this time last year, and we operated independently uh, as part of the RWS group, continuing to operate as Iconic. Um, and then SDL was subsequently acquired by RWS later uh, in 2020 uh, and had a, a, a large machine translation operation headed up by Mihai. Um, and ultimately, we decided to bring those teams and technologies together. And that's what we've been working at behind the scenes um, over the last number of months. But what we also wanted was a strong brand and identity to reflect that this is more than just machine translation at RWS. We wanted to reflect, uh, you know, the heritage of our teams. Um, and so we decided you know, it's a brand that has heritage. Uh, it's known in the area of machine translation. A lot of our customers still know the brand um, because that was maybe what they originally uh, bought from us. And so we thought, um, you know, what better, what, what better thing to do than to, to bring this brand back uh, to have it reflect that this is now the former Iconic team, the former SDL machine translation team as part of RWS, um, the world's largest language service provider. Um, and I think what we also wanted to do is, is reflect that this is more than just, you know, the sum of its parts. Uh, what we say internally, this is, this is not one plus one equals two. We're trying to make this one plus one equals more than that. Um, and it's really cool because what we noticed when, when we started discussions around, you know, kind of our, our client overlap, our technology, our teams, uh, while there was a lot of overlap, there were also a lot of unique aspects to both um, and bringing them together is, is really exciting because the result is definitely more than some of its parts. It's, it's a very powerful combination um, and, and, and the curious thing, which maybe we can get into a little bit later, is both companies had, both machine translation teams and technologies had very similar paths. 
um, that operated very independently of each other, but ultimately led to the same place, which is Language Weaver today as, uh, as part of the RWS group. So there, yeah. there's an aspect of like bringing back the old school to this, right? Like classic, because it's an old brand. I mean, old is not the right word. It's a, it's, it's a brand with history. Let's just say it's a brand with brand recognition. It's been around. And so there's an aspect of bringing back an old brand, but doing very new things with it. Do you, do you know the story of what the name comes from? Uh, you're going to tell me and it's going to be a great story. <laughs> so you're right about the heritage and how far back uh, it actually goes. So ultimately the name Weaver comes from Warren Weaver, who was a scientist uh, and a mathematician. And in 1949, when everyone was trying to get computers to ultimately perform complex tasks, like translation, as an example, um, a lot of the people were looking at this problem as a, as a linguistic one. And Warren Weaver came up with a different approach, uh, more like a mathematical approach. And he came up with a memorandum, the translation memorandum in 1949, and listed four ideas on how computers could address this problem. And the wildest one was to look at translations, uh, the translation task is a cryptography problem. I.e., if you want to translate Russian into English, you should just imagine that Russian is encrypted English. And then what you need to do then is to break the code or decode it. And strangely enough, 72 years after, if you open up a machine translation model, the, the most modern one, like a, a neural machine translation one, you're still going to find a decoder and an encoder, or an encoder and a decoder. And this is how the, the technology works. So Warren Weaver was right and... Everyone in the industry knows this, and the fact that we can use this name to, to tell exactly what John has mentioned, the fact that we have so much background and so much expertise in bringing this research and building products and putting them in, uh, in the hands of the customers to solve real business problems is, is ultimately what we're about. And the name is, is just the best name you can, you can have for this, so we're very proud of it. So you're right, it has a lot of heritage and it's precisely uh, what we're all about. I, I love the name, but there's, there's much more to it than the name. So let's get into this. I want to um, go over some of the points from the press release uh, because it was pretty clear, but let's go into it a little bit more. Uh, lots of talk about integrations, automations, compatibility with other tools. Let's talk about that a little bit um, because this seems, from, from what I'm, um, the research that I've done onto it, it seems like a very customizable solution. So what are some of the use cases? How do people integrate this? How do, how do clients integrate this into their platforms, their existing platforms? So this is this is pretty much the core tenant of, of, of what we're trying to do here. Uh, you can have one size fits all with language technology, with machine translation, with AI and machine learning, and that will solve lots of problems. Um, but the reality is the types of organizations that we're working with, um, government organizations, global enterprises, law firms, have complex challenges um, that aren't really resolvable with with off-the-shelf um, solutions. So what we try to do is have 
have those off-the-shelf solutions, but have them be as flexible and ex extensible as possible to address the many and varied challenges that our customers face. And so that can happen on, on multiple levels. So for example, when it comes to the core machine translation technology, you could have a generic machine translation system. You could have one that's customized by the user. You could have one that's customized by our expert team. Again, cutting the cloth to measure depending on what the, the user needs. Some customers like the cloud. Some customers want to deploy it themselves on their premise. Some customers want us to deploy it on, a, on their premise for them. Some customers want to integrate with our API. Some want to use our web portal. Some want to use connectors that we have into existing platforms that they use. So what we're trying to do is build a, a platform, a suite of, of technologies, of interface, interfaces, of deployment mechanisms to suit those, those many and varied requirements of the customers. And any one of those points that I mentioned, we can drill down to in, in massive amounts of detail. But, but from, say, a, from, a, like... from a surface level, that's, a, that's what, we, what we do, what we're trying to achieve and what we will continue to do um, going forward. Yeah, the challenge is, as with anything, it's finding the balance between customizability and simplicity. I, I want to say, right? Because it's like on the one hand, I, I find talking to clients, buyers of solutions like this, is they want something simple. They really want something simple. And there's, you know, some technologies out there, some language technologies out there really market themselves on how simple they make the process, how easy they make the process. And I think that is a brilliant marketing strategy, especially in, in this day and age. You know, we have um, decision makers who are looking at tools like this who grew up with the smartphone in their hands because that's the generation that's now coming into decision-making uh, uh, status. And if you grew up with a smartphone in your hand, you grew up with an app for everything. And everything is just super simple. Like we are spoiled these days. And then we get to this localization thing and it's not simple. And it's, no one wants to be told how complicated it is. So like when you start going into the details, I, I've always seen people's eyes start to glaze over. But what, what I'm hearing from you is like, this is as complicated as you want to make it, right? It, it's, it's here, it's simple, it's usable. But if you want to become a power user, if you want to get fancy, if you want to integrate it with your systems, dot, 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 fill in the blank, then um, we got a solution for you. My, my... And you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Tucker. And the, as John was, was mentioning, you, the, the core tenet of, tenet of what we do is making sure that the technology addresses a business problem. Not just making it simple for the sake of marketing it as simple, but truly solving a business problem. And we have a large array of enterprise and government customers uh, who sometimes need a bespoke adaptation or a bespoke setup or more scalability or more throughput or less throughput, more quality or quality that's actually suitable or it generates enough productivity within the domain where they operate. And it is that last mile of, of the journey of machine translation, which is fundamental to solve right now. Because you, you can absolutely get some generic technology and it, it's sometimes simple, but it doesn't address, it does not address the whole journey. 
And we solve that problem in, in three ways. We either provide very easy to use adaptation tools, both on premise and in the cloud, which is, which is fairly unique. Uh, secondly, we ultimately come and help the customer if they want further adaptations or, or further fine tuning. And we have uh, a large team of computational linguists and researchers who are able to, to perform these adaptations. And then thirdly, if we can't do more with the technology, the beauty is that being part of our AWS, we're surrounded by thousands of linguists who can actually bridge that last step to ultimately deliver either perfection or, or suitable content. So that last mile is, is what we're all about. And this is where our research efforts are, are going into. And this is where, where customers are, uh, are focusing right now, because ultimately more and more content will pass through this system. So John probably will, will tell you more because the beauty is that both companies that form right now Language River come from the same background. And uh, whilst we're operating in, in various various verticals or serving different customers, we were approaching the market the same way. Start with research, productize research, put it into the hands of customers to solve a business problem, and then make sure you actually help them all the way. Not just package a beautiful product that you can market, but truly solve a, a business problem. That, that, so I'm, I'm sure you bring up the last, last mile. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I don't want to disrupt the train of thought, but let's put a pin in that. I want to talk about what that means, last mile, because a lot of people perhaps have never heard that term before. And specifically, I'd like to hear like how Language Weaver applies to that. But I do notice like we've got a bunch of people watching right now, particularly on LinkedIn. Um, if you're on another platform, the party's over on LinkedIn, but nobody's leaving any comments. So feel free to engage with the conversation. Uh, if you have got questions, if you've got comments, put them in the comments, and I can try to bring them up on screen. It's been a little fishy recently with the functionality. But sorry, that was my plug. Last, last mile, John. Well, and th so the localized version of the last mile is, is the last 1.6 kilometers as well, just for the, for the metric, um, uh, the metric. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, so I, I love this analogy of, of the last mile. So we give a tip of the hat to, um, to Bart Mashinsky, our, our VP of solutions. So the, the concept is there's, there's a great analogy here. Um, with the, the concept of, of travel, right? So your generic solutions here, your, you know, your, your easy, those easy to use, online machine translation tools or whatever, they're mass transit. They can do big chunks for you very well. They can get you from London to New York, and then they can get you to Penn Station really easy. But then you got to find your fifth floor Airbnb somewhere on West 38th Street, though it turns out the entrance is actually on 8th Avenue somewhere. So you did the, the big chunk. The 80, you got 80 I, I am of the feeling this in my bones. I am. And, this and is a great raining. metaphor. Thank it's you. It's raining. You just stepped in a puddle uh, and you know, you need to go that last mile and how do you do that? And that's actually the hard part. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the analogy we use. So yeah, you're, you're, you're easy to use off the shelf stuff, which we absolutely do can get you 80% of the way there, 90% of the way there. But what happens when you are that global enterprise, that government department who needs that, that extra 10, 20%, which is a highly customized empty model. It's some very complex on-premise, highly scalable deployment, something hyper secure. And um, that's what we do. So it's, it's trying to find the best of both worlds. It's, it's trying to be able to solve those, you know, the, the problems in a simple way. But when 
the customer inevitably requires something complex. And a lot of our customers will come to us and be like, this is, this is tricky. Uh, and we all got to put our heads together and work it out. And, and, and sometimes it takes time that, that we can absolutely um, do that as well. And I think like Mihai was where he was going there, that's a factor of kind of where we've respectively come from. Um, so so to, to dip back a little bit, um, so Iconic was founded in uh, 2012 as a spin-out from Dublin City University. And we just focused on patent translation. That was our niche or, or niche. Um, we're, like, we're not going to try and do any of the other stuff. We're going to focus on patent translation. And we did it and we did it really well. And it, it was like our beachhead um, first step on the ladder. And then we said, okay, we want to expand this business. So we started to focus on on other other sectors, but very specific use cases, building very concrete solutions um, to those problems and doing it really well. And if a customer wanted something that we didn't do really well, we would say, that's not our area of expertise, but you know, we can help with this. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, kind of originating where the original language we ever did. So it was a spin out from the University of Southern California back in 2002, and it heavily focused on uh, government use cases back then and there's still a, a, a large proportion um, of the business today um, and then that obviously expanded um, as part of, of SDL and, and under uh, Mihai's leadership to solving really complex enterprise problems with lots of lots of technology lots of interfaces lots of scalability lots of security and so what we're doing now is bringing those together and, and it sounds like a cliche, but it really is that, that best of both worlds element. We were doing certain things really well in a particular way. Mihai and the guys were doing other things, a lot of overlap, but other things distinctly very well. And now we can actually you know, take that technology better than the sum of its parts and solve all of those problems. And uh, it, it sounds idealistic, but it's, it's a reality. And that's what's really exciting about it. It's not just... Uh, it's not just uh, it's not just a catchy line. It's it's actually what we're doing yeah. every day. I, I, I was going to say it, it. It does sound cliche, right? Like because it's like the sum is more than its parts. But it's sometimes cliches are true, right? And that that's always the goal is to create something. Because if you're not, especially with a, with an organization like like you guys, is you've got a lot of you've got a lot of parts. So if and if you can really be leveraging these synergies that you have from all of these moving parts, so as all of these parts, when put together, the sum is greater than the whole. Oh, I got blocked by a comment. Um, then, wow, what a benefit for the consumer, right? What a con benefit for the buyers if, if that can be taken place. Let's take a look at this comment, though, here. Um, what do we got? Uh, Antonia B., thanks for joining. Uh, everything I hear about content workflows, I think about the life of the content. Why don't you see more evolution in proxy because of the multiple backend of repositories? Why not scrap at the display level for content, etc.? Do you see this ever gaining traction? That is an excellent question with many polysyllabic words that confuse me. So I'll leave it to you guys. I'll leave it to the doctor and the MD. <laughs> so so let me let me take a first stab at this but um and, and i want to i want to come back to a third part which we haven't mentioned which is very close to my heart but uh we'll answer the question uh very briefly. so if i understand well the question it, it is how do we deal with content um and how do we deal 
with proxies that sit in in front of con in front of the content. Maybe you, John, have a completely different take on this one. But the the beauty in RWS is that we can look at the spectrum of content um, and literally break it down into its subcomponents, and we can address a part with pure technology. Sometimes with customized technology. Sometimes with technology plus a bit of post-editing, sometimes only with specialists. Some, and we have a group, the linguistic consulting group, which is able to actually look at the mix of content that the customer has and ultimately recommend the best solution. So we're not dogmatic about you have got to use this technology or you have got to use this service. And this is a massive advantage to, to actually have a technology first approach, but at the same time be surrounded by ultimately all, all the prowess of, of RWS and all the linguistic expertise to, to truly a, address a, a large content challenge. And I, one, of the, one of the big challenges we have is sometimes real-time content or, or content where customers do not have enough budget to, to translate appropriately or at the highest quality. And sometimes these proxies are set in front of, in, in front of websites and uh, if, if this is the case. And we, we were actually working on a, and still are working on a solution where we're advising customers on trying to take some risks with some of the content. Because the, the school of thought is you have got to perfectly translate your content because it's your website. You do not want to go to market with, a, with an imperfect content. It's your image, it's your brand, but you don't have the budget. And you still don't want to use machine transfer. So there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a challenge. There's a chicken and egg. And if you zoom out a bit and you look at this problem purely as a, as a marketing challenge, where you want to increase your, your, your clicks or ultimately your visitors, maybe you should start purely with machine translation and ultimately see whether the number of clicks increase. Like that, so instead of dip, like having dipping your toe in the water, right? Is there the analogy I like to use. Like, is it warm? Is it cold? Like, should I jump exactly. in? And I love that because that's what MT allows us to do. It allows us to test. No, I mean, we've always been able to test. It allows us to test without incurring a bunch of costs, right? So there are some elements of, of done is, you know, done is better than perfect, right? It's better to have something like done Amen. imperfectly than not I think I've completely messed that, that up. That no, that that's my jam. Okay, so like the first deck, like internal Nimsy deck I ever made. Like when we first found it, I don't even know if we were announced as a company yet, but we like we flew to Dublin to meet with uh, Constantine Dranch was one of our first people. Hey Constantine, if you're watching, uh, Sandra Oliver. Anyways, one of my first decks. So we had like the vision statement and um, all of that. But where was I going with this? Oh, the oh the um the quote I had this Voltaire quote in it and, and it's good is or perfect is the enemy of the best right or the best is the enemy of good enough or something like I don't know I don't speak French um, but it's like le meilleur c'est le enemy de good enough perfect right perfect is the enemy of good I think I think that's it perfection is the enemy of good enough right and I think that is like let's translate that into corporate talk which is you know minimal viable product which is agile which is move fast and break things which is disruption right and, and that's just what it means but I see a lot of um, folks struggling out there companies struggling out there because they're wanting to make something perfect and nope let's move 
right? <laughs> Let's move. This live stream is a perfect example of that, right? I've got comments coming up over my face. I've got, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but you know what? We're doing this, right? And I, I wanted to, because I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Do you guys have, do you guys have a hard stop at, um, at the end of the hour? Okay. Well, but still, I'd like to move on because I'm dying to ask you about this. Um, the U.S. U.S. Army, right? We were talking about unnecessarily overcomplex things, and I was like, "All right, U.S. government, let's talk about that." Uh, in the press release, you mentioned that the Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver, Language Weaver, uh, it, there's a deployment to help the U.S. Army communicate with their comrades in South Korea. Tell me about this. Um, I'm to probably totally botching this, but this is a fascinating use case. Yeah. So, so I mean. As John mentioned, we a lot of the use cases involve well, the, a lot of the use cases for machine translation involve real-time communication or large volumes of, of text to be to be analyzed, and that could be open-source intelligence, that could be uh, extracting intelligence from content. So that, that's uh, you know in in legal in the legal sphere, this is called e-discovery. In the government's sphere is called open source intelligence. It's it's a fairly fairly common use case, and uh, we were actually helping some some organizations uh, ultimately bridge or break down this barrier uh, of language uh, in between teams that actually have to collaborate, and and doing that and, and taking into consideration the the risks of getting that wrong. It's quite a quite a challenge, um, but we've been doing this for 19 years, and we've been doing that fairly well. And uh, yeah, that's where we're very we're, we're fairly known in the community, and people still re still refer to us as language weaver. And that's kind of like where it's coming from. Well, actually, I wanted to pivot a bit on on maybe a third component on on the previous yeah. question you, you mentioned. You guys take this conversation where you want to. Don't wait cool. for me, right? Yeah, so I, I want to make my job easy. Uh, cool. So I mean, I, I usually get this question is like, it's clearly I have an accent, which is not Irish. Uh, and, and my name's a bit conspicuous, to say the least. So, um, so my last name is actually Romanian. I'm Romanian, I'm coming from the middle of Transylvania. I'm not a descendant of Dracula or whatnot, but this is usually what's. Uh, I'm sure you get um, a lot of comments. About I do, that. especially at the border. And yeah, a lot just, of that. It's just like when people find out my name's Tucker, you know, there's things that rhyme with Tucker. I'm like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. I've heard it before, right? There you go. So you I, go. I'll spare you the Transylvania jokes. There you go. And there is uh, there is actually a, a beautiful story. So actually, Language River is built out of, out of three big centers. One is LA, so University of South, Carol of South California, Dublin. And there is a third element or a third pillar, which is Cluj um, in the middle of Transylvania. So that's actually the, the town I'm, or the city I'm coming from. And the link with Language River is that actually one of the founders of Language River was born in Cluj. He was also Romanian. So this is probably one of the best stories in terms of software that, that came out of Cluj. There were a few others, but we have a, a large team in Cluj that's building like the the cloud products, so the heavy-duty, multi-scalable multi things and operating multiple regions. But I want to give a tip of the hat to, to the guys in Cluj. So it's not just Western Europe, but we're blending multiple regions together. So 
there you go. Truly multilingual, truly multicultural. Truly multicultural, truly multilingual. Shout out to the guys in Cluse. Am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Cluse? Cluse. 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 J. Shout out to you guys if there's anybody watching. Awesome. So that, um, let me go back to my list here. But that, that's, a, that, that's a cool point as well. Um, and it related to kind of the founders of Iconic and Language Weaver. Like I mentioned, uh, Language Weaver was founded as a spin out from University of Southern California. So we have a huge R and D team and um, based in Los Angeles still. And Iconic was founded from Dublin City University and our, uh, we've, a, we've also got a, a scientific and engineering team based here. And then, then there's that team in, in Cluj as well. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a globally spread multinational, multilingual, uh, multicultural team, which kind of feels like what you should have uh, when you have a product called Language Weaver uh, and you're solving complex multilingual uh, challenges for, for customers. So it just, it fits. It fits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, sorry, sorry. No, no, I was just about to say is like we were so keen to, to bring the name back and to, to get us back to where we started our research roots and People should definitely check out our research page on, on, on the website, so on languageweaver.com, uh, because we have some really cool stuff that, that we're working on. So if people want to join our team on any of these three. After the translation, if we're handing off machine translations and someone is then post editing them or quality reviewing them. Clearly we can do that from within the, the broader Autodesk team, but our customers searching through these documents, are they trying to like summarize them to capture specific insights or, or information that's in there? Or like a lot of this technology summarization, information extraction, it's all built on the same machine learning technology, the same AI technology. Maybe we could build some of that, you know, as, part of our technology workflow, kind of have a, a smarter MT workflow that, you know, takes in your content, does some cool stuff to it before we translate it. And then after it's done, gives you back the translated version where maybe with certain things highlighted with some digestible summaries of the document and, you know, the things that you wanted to find already marked up. Um, and so that's why, you know, when we, when we talk about our machine translation business within RWS and wanting to have that, that be bigger and bigger and grow that. It's about looking at from a technology perspective, what more can we do beyond just the core machine translation, which will always be there and will always be state of the art and will, will probably continue to get better, but what more value can we add? And so that's a, that's a lot of what we do. And so then going back to that research point, what's interesting from a research perspective or from a scientific perspective is our teams aren't just training machine translation engines for different customers in different languages every day. We have people who are focused on sentiment analysis, focused on, you know, data anonymization, content insights, summarization, things like that. So from that perspective, even though Language Weaver is the machine translation brand of RWS, actually, I realized my air quotes aren't in the narrow screen. It's doing that. Uh, <laughs> we have to go more bunny ears. So even though we're the machine translation brand of RWS, actually what our team is doing is, is, is a lot broader in scope from a from a, a technology perspective. Awesome. I want, want to bring up really quickly here, quote from Michael. 
Michael Reed, thank you for Tucker. Le mieux est l'ennemi du bien. That's my that, that's the Voltaire quote. So sorry for getting that late to you, Michael. I, I want to say, guys, looking at this, I hadn't looked at this prior to. Oh, let me go over there. I hadn't looked at this prior. Um, but this is. No one can say you guys do not cite source cite your sources. Um, this is a great resource here for anybody, whether you're using Language Weaver or not. Go check out all of this, all of this research, all of this work that has been cited here, because this is a nice little um, jumping off point if you want to really get into. I'm assuming most of these are heavy academic papers that are not they, like yeah. things that I could read on the toilet. They are. They are all academic papers, and that's so, and they're all ours. So that that is our. They are our research jobs. And this is basically like, the, if you wanna, there's our portfolio of, of research that we've published. Some of the other secret sauce is, uh, is, is still in house. But yeah, like, like I said, that is, that would be, that's your academic, right? So that's gonna be of interest to folks who are working, you know, in, in research in the, in the kind of the deeper science. Um, but if you go two tabs across and um, to blog, um, this is actually a blog series that we started in Iconic and have brought over to the Language Weaver called the Neural MT Weekly. So it's basically every week since the middle of 2018, someone on our team has taken a research paper, whether one of our own or somebody else's, and written a, more of a layman's summary of it um, to say, okay, you know, here's an interesting paper on uh, data synthesis for unsupervised training oh you can filter um, you can filter and too. Kind of a little summary of it you know, four or five hundred words bite size um see the last one from last week there on on evaluating gender bias and mt um so we we always direct people to go and have a read of that and um, we have guest writers we have writers from within our team um and that's a that's a neat resource as well uh, which is kind of speaking out a little bit more it's a little bit more accessible than maybe some of the the core um, academic papers. And then at the top, so you can filter based on the topics. So you'll see some topics appear a lot more than others because maybe they're hot topics in the industry like you know, machine translation quality estimation or multilingual MT or, or something like that, domain adaptation. So uh, that's another neat resource that we um, that we have on the site as well for, for those who are more, let's say, technologically inclined and, and are interested in knowing a little bit more about what's under the hood. I was going to say, I bet you this page doesn't get a ton of traffic, but the people that do visit it are super happy they found it because this You'd be is surprised. We're, we're pleasantly surprised. There's a little bit of a little bit of a running competition internally as to whose uh, whose blog posts get get the most views um, after after a couple of weeks. So it's in the interest to make the make the articles more accessible as well, and to to explain, you know, how, and I guess that's what we have to do as a company as well, right? We have yeah. to explain highly technical concepts in a way that our customers can understand them and understand and appreciate that this is the best way to solve their problem, which, which in itself can be, can be pretty complex. Well, and, and let's talk about that here. Um, I, I try not to go over 60 minutes on these things because our poor viewers have, have lives as well and, and listeners. But let, let's start wrapping it up here. How, what, how do people find out more about this? You know, if someone's watching this and they want to – dig deeper who do they contact where do they go are, are there is there resources available beyond what we've already looked at i can't believe we've gotten this far into it and i haven't plugged our webinar series yet <laughs> I'm, so, I'm very good at like just keeping people from plugging things 
<laughs> but so, now, so go. I, I give you permission. Plug, plug the hell out of anything that you want. This is the time. It's also the answer to your question. Uh, no, so part of what we're doing here, right, is is letting people know. Look, you've known SDLMT. You've known Iconic MT. This is who we are now. This is where where we are. This is where you can find us. So, um, we're not gone. We're still here doing what we've been doing for the last collectively thirty plus years. Um. Where we're going from here with Language Weaver um, is is pretty interesting. And so we thought that the best medium, so so yeah, we have the website there and there's a lot of cool information there, a lot of fresh pages that have recently been created. Um, we're going to ru start running a webinar series for six weeks, starting in two weeks' time, where every Tuesday um, for 45 minutes, someone on our team is going to come on and tell you a little bit about whether it's a a set of products of ours, whether it's a particular solution for an industry, whether it's something to do with the, the research that we're doing. Um, and, and there's going to be, it's going to be live. Uh, there'll be Q and a, people can answer whatever questions they want. So this is going to start in two weeks time. I think it's the 22nd of June. Um, there's a link on the homepage there to register. Um, the first one will include myself and Mihai, where we're going to tell this story in a little bit more detail, answer questions that folks might have. Um, and then, Following weeks on, we'll talk about some of those government use cases in a little bit more detail. We'll talk about some of the work we're doing with law firms. We'll talk about that, some of the beyond MT technology that we just described. So, um, yeah, basically, a long, hot summer of uh, Language Weaver webinars. Uh, and I would encourage everybody to, to sign up. So if you took a few swing back to what, languageweaver.com. Oh, sorry. Okay, languageweaver.com. I want to make sure people nowhere to go so languageweaver.com yeah and then see just just below the just below the fold you're going to see join the language Weaver oh yeah you more perfect so here's how here's how you get it guys i'll just accept all cookies here's how you go sign up so 45 minute webinars we got john tindley you guys john mihai parike sheridan and dragos very cool very cool and we're, we're, we're so kind that we're running that one twice to accommodate uh, multiple time zones as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, I wish. No, I don't wish. Um, but localization world is going on right now. As you know, I, I've been, I don't know if you guys are, are, you said that you have people there from RWS. But yeah. it's a struggle because it's happening at midnight, basically, for me. I'm here in Seattle because they're, they're yeah. on the east. So I appreciate the time zone consideration. Mihai. Any final thoughts as we're as we're wrapping up here? It is. Um, I like how I just put you on the spot. I just put, put you on the big screen and say, "Talk, <laughs> close us you, out." <laughs> you probably caught us in in probably one of our proudest days as a team because we've been working very hard to to bring this to life. And, I, I can and tell just by talking brand. to you guys, just by like looking at you, that you're this isn't like you're proud of this. This is your baby. And yeah. so I, I was sorry to interrupt, but like, thank you for letting me be a part of announcing this. This is, this is cool. I, I like seeing new things like this, but I did interrupt. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, thank you for having us. And there are tens of other people that have been working really hard to, to, yeah, to bring this to life and combine the technologies and the teams and uh, ensure that ultimately all of our customers get the best of, uh, of, of this combina combination, uh, which, we're, which is what we're all about. Ultimately, we are here because we don't just want to do research. We want to 
do some research that we productize and then we give to customers to solve a business problem. So we're going to continue to do that right after this webinar. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you guys very much for coming on today. It's been a lot of fun. It's It's been nice to finally meet, here's my rabbit ears, meet you guys <laughs> in person. Yeah, and let's do it again sometime. You guys are always welcome. I um, RWS, uh, come on over. If you got something cool that our audience needs to know about, that's the whole point. And that goes for you guys listening as well out there. If you got a cool story to tell, got some audience or got some value to add for the Nimsy Insights audience, let's do a Nimsy live session. Talk to me. I'm very approachable. You can DM me on LinkedIn. Once again, if you're not already subscribed to Nimsy Insights, go ahead and do that right now so that you will be notified when we do these live streams. With that, I would ask you all to join me in the comments section, in the likes. If you're on LinkedIn, smash that thumbs up button to show your appreciation for John and Mihai for joining us today. All right. Thanks, Tucker. Thank Appreciate you guys. it. Well, I got to work on a more classy outro. I just end up <laughs> talking That's myself. Good. good. It's almost perfect. Next time, guys. Ciao. Ciao.